As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit won't you let me try? Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I'm Mark Lazarus. This is Scott Powers. We're from The Athletic. And uh, we apologize that we haven't done one of these in a while. We kind of, uh, our schedules have been a little wonky lately. Yeah. There, it doesn't feel like there's been a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> Once we got, I don't even know, well, the last one we did was the Pride Night. <laughs> is that the last time we did one? Yeah. Yeah, we're bad at this. Yeah. I can't believe we're not at the top of the charts. How is 32 Thoughts bigger than us? Come on. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, there isn't a whole lot to happen. I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, a lot's happened the last few days with Taves and then the lottery, and but it's uh, yeah, I don't, I'm just making excuses, whatever. We're sorry. We're, 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 sorry. we're, we're lazy. We're bad at our jobs, and uh, we hate our listeners. I think that's all it is. Yeah, uh, now, it has been a busy couple of days. Momentous, you could even say. We we just left uh, Blackhawks uh, exit interviews. It's locker cleanout day here at Fifth Third Arena. We are in the Podmobile in the parking lot, um, and. Uh, a lot of the talk is about Jonathan Taves, who is now an ex-Blackhawk. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Davidson told him flat out, we're not re-signing you. Never offered him a contract, just like they never offered Patrick Kane a contract. Uh, Davidson used the term clear the decks for the next, you know, leadership group to come in. Um, but essentially, you know, Kane and Taves were shown the door, which is pretty momentous. And I, I feel like, at least when I, and I just got back from New York and I had talked to Kane, and it, it made it sound like he never expected the contract and like it wasn't something that he wanted like he understood it and I think he was more driven to play meaningful hockey and all this was more important to him and he and he said that you know I'm like you know you you weighed there's so much weight on your mind going like what are you are you happy and he's like you know I, I would have regretted if I didn't ask for the trade you yeah. know and I, I think Taves 
I think Taze would have happily come back. You know, I think I think this was what he wanted to be back here in his role. And um, and on the one hand, that's hard because you you have this legend you're saying goodbye to and you're you're, you're kicking out the door. On the other, it's this is something that Stan Bowman and the last regime didn't do is that they held on to everyone for too long and and overpaid people. And 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 if Kyle Davidson and company think that Jonathan Taves doesn't help the team and that's what they believe then they stuck to it so there's like on the one hand like yeah this is I think it's challenging because you're you know like Taves isn't leaving on his own terms but the other is that Kyle Davidson obviously believes that this is the best route going forward and the fact that he's coming after a regime that failed to do this I think it gives him some leeway with it at least yeah I mean you have to give Kyle credit for sticking to his vision right like he's a first year GM he's in his he's the same age basically as Jonathan Taves uh, it takes some guts to do this. It really does take some guts to do what he's been doing. Um, I, it, the Taves is really interesting because, like, you know, I talked to him over the summer, and he basically said, look, a long-term rebuild does not interest me. But I think very quickly as the year went on, he realized that being the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks mattered to him more at this stage of his career than chasing a cup in some other jersey, being a Colorado Avalanche or whatever. Are you an Avalanche? Are you are you, are you an individual as an Avalanche? Are you an, I don't know how that works with these stupid singular name teams. Um, like, why couldn't it just be the Krakens? There's not just one Kraken. And it's, anyway, I'm, I digress. But Taves, uh, he, he really seemed over the course of the year to start appreciating. You know, he's, he's been very kind of like philosophical and wide perspective since he came back from his year I think long, reality struck a little bit. And yeah. also that, like, he knows he's not the player. Like, he said that to me when, when I talked to him in, uh, in Vancouver last week. He's like, the hardest thing was, you know, I have this expectation for myself and I have this bar. And I had to lower that bar because it's so, you know, gut-wrenching to constantly fail to reach that bar. So over the course of the year, he realized that being in Chicago mattered, being the captain of the Blackhawks mattered, being here mattered. And he couldn't just go somewhere else and be as, like, Patrick Kane's in a different situation. Patrick Kane's still an all-world talent. Patrick Kane has several years of good hockey ahead of him. The, the Rangers' comment section will not agree with you. Oh, God. <laughs> They are not happy with Hattrick yet. Yes. And the first time he scores a hat-trick in the playoffs, though, he'll be the greatest player. They'll love him. But Taves is in an, in an odd situation. I, I do think, you know, he wanted to come back. He wasn't sure if his body would allow him to come back, and he needed time to make that decision. And the Blackhawks just didn't give it to him because I think in their mind, no matter what, we're not bringing you back. Let's at least give you the send off, which is yeah. probably the right thing to no, do. No, it was. I mean, I, I wasn't there last night because I was coming back from New York. But I mean, everything that I saw, like that, that it was, was just too special. Like, to not yeah. give him that would have been really weird. I mean, Kane didn't get that opportunity. Like, we were all. I mean, it was, it, was, it was interesting talking to Kane, though. He had said that he thought that he was going to be up there until the deadline, and the Rangers sort of pushed that we were. Now we're, we're never. We're, now. Yeah, we're like we're down men or we're losing games. Like this is not good. So, yeah. um, I, I think the loud Taves that moment, and I think he appreciated that from everything he said. Like he, uh, not to have that would have been hard. And, and and I guess the other part is that, like he's unsure, and like even the Blackhawks resigned him. I don't know what John, like I I like he he was hopeful to play a whole season this year, and then this thing's you know he he they they started having the same sort of symptoms and so I think just an unreliability to what his body yeah. is too and I think it all plays into yeah I'm, I'm splitting hairs you know I wrote I wrote you know a little mini column off the game last night and it was a really cool night and I was really really happy for Taves that he got that it clearly meant the world to him and and it was classy of him to say you know this is for everybody from my era this is for all the guys who didn't get their big send-off like Keith and Seabrook and Sharp and Hosa and all those guys um, Did anyone get a send off? Not like that. Like that was. Well, did anyone different. like you know that they were playing their last? Game? I don't 
maybe Sharp? Didn't Sharp kind of... Yeah, he came back after he went to Dallas. Because he sort of knew his contract. Well, yeah, I guess that. that but but Sharp. nothing to the magnitude because Sharp of what did like was. a like there was something that. Like, but Sharp had already left at one point. Yeah, like it he was wasn't different. a lifetime black. He played for the Flyers. I mean, he's a beloved here. Hanzus, <laughs> David Runblad. Um, yeah, I mean Crawford. It, all those guys, everyone left. So Crawford honest. just vanished into thin air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Seabrook's injury. Keith was was a trade. Uh, Sadi, yeah. they thought they they were going to resign. I mean, that's obviously like the twice he got moved, yeah. And Hosa with his skin. St- I mean, Hosa probably knew that he was playing in his final game. But nobody else did. Playoffs, yeah. But yeah, I was really glad that t- it was a really fun night. It was a reminder of what, and, and a lot of guys were talking about this today. And that was Taves' post game speech was this feeling here, it used to be like this all the time. So if you put in the work, the juice is worth the squeeze. Uh, there's nothing like winning in Chicago. There's nothing like that crowd, and you got a taste of it. And it was really fun, and I'm glad he got it. It meant the world to him. But there's just there's just some I'm, I'm I'm nitpicking here, but there's just some part of me that wishes he got to make that call and not Kyle Davidson. And that's hey, it's a business. I get yeah. it. But there are certain guys that I feel transcend that, and he's one who should have gone on on his own terms. I wonder if there's a fear that Jonathan Taves can't make that decision. Like the, I I think he's. I think the last few years have been really hard on for him when to play and when not to play and when to step away and yeah I don't I, I mean everything I've heard that it's it's challenging sometimes for him you know like the it's tough for elite athletes to accept they're not elite anymore yeah and 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 from what he said last night it sounds I mean there's a possibility that that was his last game overall I, oh I no know, question no question and, and you know Pierre Lebron had tweeted that it, it sounds like the, they're going to wait until the free agency and kind of see what's around and whether he's motivated but. It, it wouldn't shock me if that, you know, like he just decides that's it. And maybe maybe it does evolve into some other role with the Hawks and um, something else. I, 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 he sounded as good as he did last night after the game and open about everything. And I know that he's been pretty good one-on-one and talking, but there's some, like there's a motivation to him where he, I, I think a lot of things away from the game and a lot of things that he's dealing with that just put him at times in a bad place like mentally. Yeah. And, I, you know, he, like he sounded like he was in a really good headspace yeah. the last several weeks, not just last mm-hmm. night. Like last night, he just he seemed so happy and overwhelmed. Yeah. And, uh, but the last few weeks, every time he talked, and he's been talking every day since he came back, basically. Yeah. He just seems like he's in a really good space. He's glad he was able to come back. He's feeling a little better. Uh, I think he is. There's a sense of contentment now, and that's tends to be what leads a guy to retirement is when you go, you know what. I did all right here. Yeah, I don't. No, I, I think having that night, like having that, and it's interesting. Was talking to you know having, I guess the uh, to compare that to what talking to Kane. Kane was just relaxed in New York, and it was um, there, there's so many guys in that room, so it's not like it's an entire like media scrum around him every time the room opens. And you know he's sitting next to Panarin, and they they have some kind of backgammon rivalry now. Yeah. And you know he's playing meaningful hockey, and he you know he'd said that he was you know he. You put on the line in practice, and he's like, you know, even if it's not this line, it could be the third line, and that's. And he said it's better than any line that was in Chicago <laughs> last season, which is sort of a, a backhand slap. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like both of them, you know, as as much as this could have been the end of Kane and Taves, like they're both, um, yeah, in, in, in a good place. And then I, I guess bigger picture, and, and I know no one wants to talk about it, but for the organization to sort of move on from Kane and Taves, and 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 just I guess the legacy of how. Um, you know, I, everything that happened with Kyle Beach and how the, the Blackhawks seemed to want to get further away from yeah. celebrating cups and um, that type of thing, I don't think it's it's entirely bad for the organization to, to you know to, to turn the page in a lot of areas and um, this does create a new a new chapter for a lot of players and a lot of you know just for I, w- 
I would love to know how much that really played into this. Like Kyle, uh, Kyle Davidson's rationale for not wanting to keep Taves was he wants to give the next leadership group the chance to grow organically without those guys in the way. I don't totally buy that. I mean, there were leaders when Taves and Kane were rookies too. You had your what, your Marty Havlats and guys like that. Well, they that. came in a really good situation, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. There, there was already a big Keith and Seabrook were already there, like. It wasn't like, you know, there was no, a complete leadership void there. There were veterans on that team, guys like, uh, you know, even like a Brent Sopel type who had been around the league a bunch. There were guys like that yeah. that Taves learned to be a leader from. So I'm not sure I buy that, you know, Taves being out of the room makes forces other guys to step up. I think that happens regardless. Um, and I do think Taves could have been a very positive influence going forward. So I really do. Like, I keep coming back, like you said, you mentioned Kyle Beach, and how much of this is the Hawks just wanting to be done and to move past it completely yeah. and have that be a part of the past and not still the present. Now, obviously, there are still members of the 2010 team on the payroll. Yeah, sure, yeah. uh, Patrick Sharp's in the booth, and you know Brian Campbell's uh, uh, right there in the front office right alongside Kyle Davidson. Jonathan Taves will be back whether it's as a coach or some kind of Brian Campbell-like front office thing. Like, the, the, there's... Marion Hosa might be back at some point. How much of it, too, is, is Kyle Davidson continuing to divert from what Stan Bowman did? I think that's the biggest thing, is he just wants to have... Like, he wants to he wants to clear the decks for himself as much as anything. He wants this to be completely his team. Now, he's got Seth Jones until the year 2030. Yeah. That, he's not going to be able to, to clear that deck, and Seth Jones was pretty darn good the second half. Like, that has to be the most encouraging so. part of this season, other than, than Luke Richardson, is that Seth Jones, although he's not the elite number one defenseman that you're probably hopeful, that he can... He is a number one defenseman. Yeah, on a, or, 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 or that, team. you know, that the Blackhawks are hopeful that Korchinski or yeah. whomever, you know, makes Seth Jones more of a number two or three defenseman, but the, the fact that Seth Jones looked like he was... Yeah, I mean, he played he played good hockey. I mean, we wrote about, I guess we there's an all 30, one of our all 32s, and we were trying to decide who the best, you know, who the team MVP was. And, um, yeah, that was a little bit more challenging than we expected. <laughs> but, yeah, from from an analytics standpoint, Seth Jones was, was the best player. And, and, and Luke Richardson even said last week he felt like when they were playing their best hockey, it was because Seth Jones was playing his best hockey. And it, it probably wasn't as consistent as they liked this year, but it, it does feel like he at least turned the corner. And, and um, that that's going to be the last link to the Bowman era. Like, like that's... That's someone Kyle Davidson is, for lack of a better term, stuck with, but there are worse people to be stuck with yeah. than a very good defenseman on a contract that whatever. I mean, the cap, the cap's going to go up. That contract's not going to be right a long-term Right now they need that contract. Right now they need it, exactly, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Caleb Jones just now was, say, you know, was asked why Seth played so much better in the second half, and he said that he was putting too much pressure on himself at the beginning of the year, and because of that contract, this is the first year of that $9.5 million contract had kicked in, and the first half of the year, Seth felt like he had to do everything. Like he had to be like the a one man offense and defense machine. And then the second half of the year, he kind of dialed it back a little bit, played smarter, played a little more safe sometimes. And then the goals started coming. He started shooting more. The goals started coming. The defense was better. Uh, and if if he can be that guy he was in the second half of the season for the next several years, Blackhawks will be all right with that. And 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 if that's the last thing, the last piece of Stan Bowman, then Kyle can live with that. I, I don't know how much I buy into the pressure being off because I feel like he put so much pressure on himself last year. Like that was the pressure time, and it's different though when that first year that contract kicks. Yeah, in. I, I, I I remember Taves and Kane had that same issue the first year because yeah. it was the fifteen sixties. It was after the cup, and Kane talked a lot about you know when you're making this kind of money, you have to live up to it and yeah. put that pressure on. I don't. I, I guess I I and I don't know if it's fair or not, but they attribute a lot to the coaching where they. I think they pushed him to play in a different way where they, they saw him being too aggressive and 
and I, I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think there's been so much talk this season about risk reward, and, and and that's what they've been trying to push with Reichel and all these guys. Is just not every play has to be special, and um, and, and maybe some of that is you know Seth Jones just thinking like he has to make every play special, but it, there was more of a balance to it, and um, yeah, and I, I guess that's the other encouraging part too was was Reichel's, you know, like how he looked at towards the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, so. It's, and that's uh, what that's. I asked Seth Jones just now. Uh, you know, what are the things you've seen over this year that give you reason to think that you know the rebuild's on the right way? And he just talked about Lucas Reichel. Yeah, which is great that everyone thinks so highly of Lucas Reichel, but and it's also kind of ridiculous. Of there's, there's nothing else on there that's yeah. really that exciting. I, what, I, what I found, I, I guess, a few things I found interesting from the the people we just talked to. One was like Connor Murphy's like, I, I have no interest in being captain. Like that's too much. And Seth Jones, like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> um, well, I wrote about that earlier this year that I'm, I'm pretty sure Seth's going to be the captain. And he's basically the polar opposite of Jonathan Taves in so many ways. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Murphy seemed to think that there shouldn't be a captain next year yeah. out of deference to Taves. I mean, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, Connor. I appreciate the Jones the, gave the a pretty good answer him, though, but... about what he felt like the role should be. And, you know, like he, like, uh, you know, knowing that Kane and Taves aren't there and that how much they like they're, it's going to be a younger group next year. Yeah. It's going to be Reichel and Vlasic and Kaiser and potent, you know, potentially Kaczynski and Bedard. Whom I, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But um, it, it's 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 a group that it's going to yeah, it's so much different than when you walked in with Keith and Seabrook and that whole group. And now, um, yeah, Connor Murphy's the longest tenured, and and honestly, he hasn't by far, and and he doesn't have the success or the you know, I mean, he I think he's built his own sort of resume and people respect him, but it's he's different. Never played in a real yeah, playoff it's game. It's different ever. than walking into that room that once was. So, um, what uh, the lottery is the other big thing that's you know it, it was. I can't tell you how excited I am to not look up Anaheim Ducks and Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, we, got, we got one more night of it. The amount of Columbus Blue Jackets hockey I've actually sat and watched over the last three weeks, it's like it's bad enough we got to watch the Blackhawks yeah. every night. Now i got to add the Blue Jackets and the Ducks. Thank God the playoffs are here. I can watch good hockey. Oh, God. It's, uh, I, I've had the calculator out so many times calculating it's, uh, points it's, percentage. It's really incredible how bad these, like, we, you know, maybe Gary Bettman's right about tanking because everybody kept winning. Every time someone had the inside track to 32nd, they would go and win. But it, it, it's it's also that there were so many bad teams this year. Like it's usually not this. Not, there's not many of these teams under four like four hundred points percentage. Like yeah. it was, it was so many teams that were bad. Well, Anaheim and Columbus did this the honest way. They just sucked. Like they weren't supposed to be tanking this year. Yeah. And I, I was talking to sources. You know, I'm like, do you guys regret signing Domi or Anantasiu or anyone that helped you? And they're like. Honestly, we should we should have been bad enough to get number one, and and they, no one expected Columbus. I mean, I mean the fact. I mean they had a lot of injuries, but Columbus was they going signed, for this they year. They signed Johnny Gaudreau yeah. this offseason. Um, I, I think the Blackhawks are. I think what Anaheim's going through this year is is what the Blackhawks could go through next year. Yeah. I think it's it's playing with prospects and being more interesting, but probably having a similar record in points percentage and being sort of in that race again. And, and if the Blackhawks, we'll find out tonight if they finish thirty first or thirtieth, and it, and it does matter in that. Either you're guaranteed a top four, which is which is great, or top five, and if you get that fifth pick, it's not as great. Hmm. Um, I, I, I and, and then even if, if you you know if you don't get Bedard or Fantilli, you're probably waiting for someone. You're, you're obviously waiting for Mitchkov. Carlson sounds like he could spend another year in Sweden. I I, I think the Blackhawks are going to be just as bad next year. Like it's just they, they want they know that they need multiple players to make this thing good again, and it probably means trying to have another top five draft pick and kind of dealing with the same. You know, I think it'll be easier to swallow for the fan base if they just 
suck honestly next year. Yeah. And if there is a bunch of young guys you can look at, you look at full season of Reichel, maybe Korchinski, there's something to cling to there if you're a fan. Like, this this season was gross. Like yeah, there's it was so many guys so that just going to be here forever. Right? Yeah, it's just, just how many Anders Bjorks and Austin Wagners can you have? It was just so cynical and just bleh, and uh, you there was nothing to cling to because you knew most of these guys weren't going to be back. Like next year could be just as but the, bad. I guess the funny but thing so is so much more enjoyable. Not, not, not yeah, the black, I mean the Blackhawks are just guilty, but it's funny where Columbus had like with six players in uh, like making their NHL like they were just yeah. trying to one topping they won topping each other, you know, one helping each other throughout the year at the end here. Um, yeah, no, it's it's it's. It was no fun for anyone. Like, this team was just, it was, there's players that weren't relevant beyond this season. I, I mean, Anthos U maybe comes back now, and they re-signed Domi. And, but it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many guys that just. Just yeah, weirded. I thought I'd see you not sound that enthusiastic about coming back next year. Just I, don't, now. I feel like that's how he is all he the is time. He's kind of a chill guy, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, it wasn't like I finally found my home. Yeah, it was, no, I just think he's so used to, like, yeah, I'm just going to. Every year's a, he said, yeah. it's like every year's been a one-year deal for me, basically. The Blackhawks need to get to the the floor and probably spend a little bit more than that. But I, there's I, nobody to spend it on. This is though this is a bad free. They're, they're gonna class. it's they're gonna be some really the contracts be like, whoa, they paid them that much. And as long as it's a year or two, like if that's what the And that's is. what Davidson said yesterday. He said that it's going like, they're not making any long term deals. This it's all gonna be short term yeah, stuff. It's 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 stop gaps. It's stop gaps. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they through. signed Domi and the CU for five, six million dollars each. Yeah. You know, like that's the advantage they have is they can overpay somebody if they yeah. if they really want to bring Somebody in like well, the, like, a, like the, a Domi or an Athens. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, I mean, those are the type of players that you you probably that are fine, but you they're probably not part of the future either. So there's all guys. I mean, look at the free agency. It's Comfer, it's Bertuzzi, it's um, and there's a bunch of older guys too. Like it, it's it's not a great class, no. and a lot of the um, it, it's yeah, I, I, I they're gonna have to spend money somewhere, and, and and it's there's some variables because if Korchinski comes in or. Um, you know, you have some younger players come in. They're they're coming at entry level deals, so you need to make up for the rest of that money somewhere else. So. And you could say, you know, maybe they can take on some more bad contracts at the at the draft to get more picks. That's great, but at some point, yeah, you're you know, running out. Nikita of... Zaitsev's in the way right now. Yeah, like if, if I'm, you, you almost have to buy him out. But that or they just can wave him and send him to Rockford and see if he'll and do just that. bury him. Yeah, I guess. But it's like you no, need. No to one pay... else had a problem sitting Zaitsev <laughs> last few years. <laughs> It's hard because you need to pay somebody, yeah. but especially on the back end, they don't have a lot of spots because you've already, now that you're bringing Jared Tenorti back, you've got Murphy, you've got Jones, you've got maybe Caleb Jones. Like, yeah. there there are guys in the way here. Well, I, I think I think it's it's, it's Seth Jones, Murphy, Tenorti. Um, I, I think Velastic and Kaiser are two guys they like to promote. So I, I think, yeah, I, I'm curious with Caleb Jones because I think bringing back Tenorti may have already taken up a spot that right. they... You got to have at least two young guys, and then, and then you. I mean, I, I think you're opening a spot for you. you Gutman's kind of proven that he's here. Yep. Reichel, um, you know, beyond that forward. Well, there's wise. spots up front though. Like, there's not like there's a lot. Oh of no, just... I, I think they're going to spend money on the forwards. Like, I think yeah. they need to. Like, that's where you're. Gonna... You you want Lucas Reichel to have a viable line mate to play with, yeah. right? whether that's a fantasy you or Domi or. No, I, or I think you'll Comfort see. A, I think you'll see a couple and maybe even one or two more fantasy you or Domi like players and guys. Yeah, that... I mean JT Comfer has been an inevitable future Blackhawk since day one. <laughs> we all know he's coming home at some point. Um. So yeah, I, it, it'll it'll be interesting. And, but I also think if if somehow they get lucky enough in the lottery, um, that if they get. Bedard or Fantilli, then they'll want to find out who you know. I think they'll be a little bit more selective of who they bring back, yeah. and and I don't know if it changes the overall plan for next year. But I, I think they want those players playing with players 
that can play, you know, that have experience playing with other high-end players. I, and I, that's yeah. the good thing about this lottery being so set at 1 and 2 is that once you have the lottery on May 8th, you can make all those decisions because yeah, you sure. know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's too bad the lottery just is <laughs> next week. Like it's, it used to always like they're just dragging this shit out yeah. now. It's just come May eighth. Give me a break here. If the Blackhawks don't get those top two, and and I, I get, I mean, if the Carlson Mitchkoff, there's you know like they're they're supposed to be they players. They could pick fifth also. That's but as far this, back as they could. Is this season is it a failure for not you know like the, for everything they went through and all you know like preparing to the tank and not to do it like is that. I, I always hated when, when, when they were good and people said, that, well, if they don't win the cup, it's a failure. I always hated that. But in this case, yeah. with just what they got rid of and just what they put their fans through and just how gross and cynical and bad this all was, if you wind up with the number five pick and get, what's his name, Will Smith or something like that, yeah. no, this was not worth it. Yep. This was, You could have had Alex Dabrinkit and still been the fifth worst team in the league. So, like, and I know Alex Dabrinkit's, Whatever you, however you feel about him, he is a good player who can score goals, who would be great on a line with Lucas Reichel, and he's 24, 25 years old. Game would never left him. You, when you, the whole point of this season was to get Bedard, settle for Fantilli, and if you don't, and there's a very good chance they don't get those guys now because it's really hard to be the worst team in the NHL, then yeah, this was kind of a waste of a year and just a devastating waste of a year. It's not just that they squandered a year. It's that they completely gutted the team yeah. for very minimal gain. I, I think it's a sliding scale because if it's Bendard Fantilli, then it's a successful season. If it's Carlson and Mitchkoff, yeah. I, I, I think it, I think there's still... It, it just it, it pushes the timeline back. Like They're two guys that are both... Um, I, I think, you know, I mean, you, you talk to Corey Prom and these guys, and they think Mitchkoff pushes Fantilli. Like, it just, it's... It, it's just a, that he's three years of, of, yeah, of, of waiting. Yeah, it, it just... And, and that's, I mean, and, and then if beyond that, yeah, I think this season, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a failure in that, yeah, no, none of those guys are guaranteed as much. And Carlson and Mitchkoff, and no one's, I guess no one's guaranteed, but they, as much hype as that is built around those top four, to get a fifth pick, it would... It would have felt like going to these measures to do it weren't worth it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So uh, so let's talk about Luke Richardson. His yep. first year is complete. Uh, he led the Blackhawks to the worst season in franchise history. And everyone thinks he's the best. Yeah. It's kind of an amazing thing. Like he has gained so much respect for what he's done with this team, just because they haven't been embarrassing. Even when they lose, they tend to lose. As Mackenzie Entwistle said, they play to the end whistle, which made me laugh because I'm a dad. Um, it, it, it sure seems like they got the right guy for the long term. Like, he seems to check all the boxes. The players respect him. They listen to him. His system works. It, the, the the veiled shots at Jeremy Carlton we've heard throughout the year when they talk about how all of a sudden we have a system that everyone understands like it's hilarious to listen to. Uh, I I, I talked to Sean like Murphy right about guy. that recently. It was was about the zone to man and and Murphy said like you have the right personnel man can work, but it just and that was the problem with Carlton never adjusted. You know it was like the he, square peg into a round hole. Thing. Yeah, like you you tried to play with players who couldn't play that system and it and and 
Like, it's funny because some of the statistics are still, they're, they're awful this year. But it's, they never looked, like, it wasn't as wide open as, you know, like, you, yeah. the chances. Remember that, that first, them, remember opening day last season in Colorado? Yeah. Where they were like, oh my god, this is the worst hockey team I've ever seen. Yeah. There were very few games where they looked that over. Yeah, and, and that's, like, when you watch Anaheim or Columbus and some of these games, like, it just, it's. Yeah, there were nights. I mean, Columbus lost like they gave up six, seven goals every night for like for a month there. They, it's it was respectable hockey and, um, and the question is, does it work when you bring in the right talent? And, and you would think so. And I guess that's the only thing is that if as you bring in stars and you bring in the more skilled players, like does can it, they adapt and buy? And in? can you can you yeah can you sell them on working that hard or you know like it? Well, the good thing is is, is Davidson seems to understand what Richardson wants in a hockey player. Yeah. Every guy he brings in, like a Joey Anderson, immediately seems to fit. So if they draft accordingly, like the Frank Nazar types of the world, these kind of high energy, high motor, yeah. forechecking, you know, frantic players that seem to work in this system, as long as they keep drafting accordingly, it seems like they can build a team that can be really successful. The, the, the thing that I see being the biggest hurdle for this team is, is finding people who can score, you know? like And that was even as they were, like, analytically, they, they had some good nights here toward the end. Uh, the problem is they just, they don't have many guys who could who could score, and, and, and that's really, and that's why it makes the Brinkets of the world so valuable, yeah. is that, that you knew that he was worth 30, and I mean, I don't see who got the 20, but um, for the most part, this team has really struggled to score all, all year, and it's hard to, to find those guys, and that's why you need the Bedards of the world, and you need to, you need to find a few of those guys in the draft so that you're not overpaying for them at later you know, later ages and, and you know, or trading multiple pieces to, to get those type of players. That you need to draft a couple guys who can be 30, 40 goal scorers. Because, right. um, yeah, it does feel like they've drafted very similar players and the guys like Savoie and, and Lewinsky. And these are all guys that are, are, are going to be great four checkers and have speed. But um, you, you need some proven goal scorers. And, and, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, look who the Blackhawks had when they were good. They had Patrick Kane and Patrick Sharp and Marion Hussa. Yeah. Jonathan Taves, guys that could put the puck in the net. And then they also had those kind of scrappy guys and the depth guys yeah. and the speed guys. And then they also had, you know, puck-moving defensemen, and they also had your Jalmerson and your Oduya. Like, they had variety and depth, yeah. but they had that high-end finishing ability, which when it comes down to it, you need to score more goals than the other team. And it, it, it's it's how you find those guys. And obviously, they got very lucky with Sharp and with Hosa that just kind of lined up, but it, it doesn't seem to line up with the Hosa types too often now where they, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Hosa was a strange case, you know, becoming a UFA at that point of his career, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting because, I mean, it was obviously drafting Kane and Taves that, that sparked a lot of that, and then all that all everything else lines up so um yeah i mean the blackhawks need to get these draft picks right i mean it seems like korchinski's on the the right path and um they, they need yeah they, they need a top four pick this year they probably need another top five pick next year and um and then they need some things to go right at some point they're gonna have to spend money wisely and spend them on the right people right now it's a little bit easy where you know you bring in guys who fit and you know they're good in the room and, and decent enough on the ice but at some point it's gonna you know Davidson right now it doesn't have a lot of pressure on him, you know. Like right, the guy's just the longest leash I've ever seen. Yeah, like that's that's the upside of walking into this job and trying to sell, you know, the words family on the, that we need to be different. And part of that is it's going to take a little bit longer than um, than you probably hope. So, but at some point that has to accelerate, and um, next season has to look different than this year. Yeah, it's I. I think the Blackhawks are really fortunate the fans were as good as they were this year. Like yeah, they average seventeen and a half thousand a yeah. game almost. It's yeah, incredible. Like it's, 
Kudos to Chicago. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't think a lot. I don't think the Blackhawks anticipated that. I think they. No, were they they were hoping for. They they needed fourteen thousand yeah. a year a, a game to break even. Yeah, basically, so yeah. I mean, honestly, that. Yeah. I mean, we talk about MVPs. <laughs> they had to be the fans for coming <laughs> out to that all season, and um. So well, let's go through this roster here and see who's going to be back next year. Uh, obviously, UFA's Taves is gone. Athens, you. I, I expect to be back. Yeah, I think they they overpay him and he comes yeah. back. Um, Jujar Kara, I expect to be back. He had a really strong close to the season. Uh, he's well liked. Uh, he's a it's a good solid third liner type. It just, I guess it depends on who. I mean, if Gutman and like at some point, like yeah, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I mean, if you're promoting Gutman and Reichel full time, and it's uh, we'd have to play kind of break down how many forwards and defensemen are but the other ufa is andreas england defenseman i think he's a goner uh goaltending wise uh, alex daylock's a goner because they got to make room for probably soderbloom or even stalber if he wins the job which is yeah. especially with Camesso going going to rockford now next year i think i think with soderbloom they've i mean he's had back like they've started him in back-to-back games recently because these games are so important yeah. I, I think they're he's the guy yeah he's the guy and, and stalber was yeah stalber was better than anyone expected yeah just having him in the system that's good to know you got yeah. a number three and don't have to rush Camesso if there's yeah. injuries or anything sure. like that um rfas this is where it starts getting a little interesting anders bjork who showed flashes of being a pretty solid player yeah, I, 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 he's a guy you can you could just resign for depth, right? Yeah, like he's not going to go running off to some other team. Is going to give him a big money. I mean, even if he winds up in Rockford for much of the year. So who's definitively coming back on the forwards? If you if you say say well, Reichel Gutman, here's who's signed: Tyler Johnson Radish. is signed, Jason Dickinson is signed, Colin Blackwell is signed. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Cole Gutman, Mackenzie Entwistle, Reese Johnson, Boris Kachuk, and Taylor Radish. Philip Kurashev is an RFA. He's we'll obviously going to be back. That's your forwards. So there's room for a couple of guys. You figure one or but two. But they need free to spend. Agents. Yeah, they need to spend money. So I, I think Kara. I would expect him to be back. He's another yeah. guy you can just throw an extra million at because why the hell not? Everybody yeah. likes him. Uh, he, that, that I mean, you look at that Kara Kachuk uh, and um, who else has been on that line in the last couple of weeks? I'm blanking. Anderson and Joey Anderson. Yeah, that, that's been a really good line for them. Yeah. Uh, so they might want to keep some semblance of that intact. Uh, on the back end, I mean, it's pretty set in stone. You got Seth. You have got. Uh, Connor Murphy, you've got Caleb Jones. Uh, I think they watch Ian Mitchell probably. Ian Mitchell, I think, uh, is 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 probably done here. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of he had his chance. He didn't get a a ton of minutes and steady. They got a play, lot of defensemen coming. Dumbass too many coming in, and Nolan Allen. And Mitchell's in. what twenty four already. I mean, at some yeah. point, he's not even a prospect no, anymore. Um, Jared Tenorti's going to be back. Yeah. Um, like you said, I think it's it's Vlasic will definitely be a full timer. Yeah. Um, I think they Kaiser. I, I think they Kaiser too. Yeah. And, and then Kurczynski, I. I Corchinski is the X factor. If he makes the team out of camp, then it gets a little complicated. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what that. Like he, I mean, it's good to see look last camp, and if he's close, I, I don't know what. The, and maybe, maybe he gets you give him nine games and sort of see where it's at, or or playing as much as possible. It probably doesn't matter if he burns that year or not. But um, yeah, I, I, you want, you want him to be start factoring into here sooner than later, and I don't. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to give him every opportunity to make. Yeah, and I know Davidson's been preaching patience from day one, but they need they need people to market next year. That that does count yeah. into this at some point. It's also like what do you weigh between like another season and the WHL? And, What's he going to get out of that? Yeah, like I don't know if there's. I'll enough. tell you, I was in Seattle. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I spent a couple. They had a two hour practice, 
and I, wa- and I was freezing my the coldest drink I've ever. I thought that Johnny's Ice House West was the coldest place in the world, and then Chelsea I thought Chelsea Pierce used to be really Chelsea cold. Pierce. Was, but then I thought that remember the Notre Dame practice drink, that extra practice mm-hmm. drink at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the coldest place. I remember Joel Quenville walking out going, "That is the fucking coldest place I've ever been." Well, he's never been to the practice arena in Kent, Washington. Were you there for two hours? I was there for two hours, wow. and holy shit, was I cold. And I'm never cold. <laughs> I was. I went and had lunch with our editor, Alex Iniguez, afterwards, and like two and a half hours later, and I was still shivering. I was bone cold. But Korchinski, holy cow. Like, there's some guys, when you watch them skate, like, you go, holy shit, that guy can really skate. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you see it when you see a McDavid, a McKinnon, uh, there's just guys out there that just are special, and this guy, the way he's able to move on the ice, in traffic, away from traffic, the way he cuts, the speed, the burst, I am not a uh, a talent evaluator, but there are guys that just jump off the ice at you. Yeah. Kid's legit. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot to be excited about. They, I mean, they, they, obviously, they drafted him because of that, and Renzel, they think, is even a better skater. Obviously, Renzel has to figure it out in yeah. other ways, but they, you know, they definitely emphasize skating on the defenseman and they thought that was so important so do they buy out Zaitsev or just bury him yeah maybe some of it depends on the lottery like it but yeah I don't it sounds like the, I mean it's a numbers game soon here with defenseman and I mean they started he's very th- bad yeah <laughs> and they basically had right now got, got, got really torpedoed because, because of, of Zaitsev yeah <laughs> um it's uh yeah I I, I wouldn't be shocked like they, they buy him out and they still can you know see, they still get some of that money they need to and um, or bury him. Yeah, one of the other. I, I I'd be surprised. Like you, he's just he's not an he's not an NHL player anymore. Like it's it's not good to have him playing with even your prospects. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like we talked, like that's that's not a like that's an interesting team. It's not a good team. No, but it's I I, I you know I've mentioned this before, but that that team during the COVID season when there were no fans, that team they they played above their head, which which helped. But it was a young team. It was yeah. almost all prospects with Taves. You know, not well Taves was out that year, but with Kane and a couple of veterans in there. It was fun to watch. It's fun no, to for watch. Sure, yeah. It's it's just more interesting as a fan. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like if you lose five nothing with this team that they had this year versus losing five nothing with a team that has Lucas Reichel and Kevin Korchinski and all these prospects on it, it's 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 easier to swallow yeah, because like no, oh I saw Reichel make this one play that was just awesome, yeah. and then that's what you can cling to because you. Nobody's coming in the next season thinking the Blackhawks going to be any good. Right, right, yeah. So if you know the deal, but you got some exciting young players to cling to, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, to I mean, start. I mean, honestly, you, you're probably promoting almost your. I mean, I, right now, I think Kuczynski is the number one prospect, and um, you know, Reichel probably number two. Soderblom is probably in the top five, like, yeah. um, and then you know, Nazar is up there, and um, but you, you, then even guys in Rockford, you know, guys aren't Colton Dock and Nolan Allen and. Guys that potentially could be NHL players in a few years that are all going to And we'll probably see Nazar at the end of next season. Yeah, I would think after so. After college, you know, he'll 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 join the team in Bernie year. I mean, and a lot of those guys they drafted were, you know, guys in the CHL who are going to turn pro after next year. A lot of them already have contracts. So yep. the fact that even some of them are, you know, even like someone Camaso, like they're they're interesting guys. You'll probably see at some point next year, um, instead of you know Kadobin being recalled or someone like that. You know, like it was the goal was yeah to lose this year with. The players who who had no future with this team, right. most of them in the next year, it, it could be lose with players who have a long term future. So that's that. or maybe we're just telling ourselves this because we can't go through another year like this. This was no, a long. I, year I, I think I, again, honestly, this I is think, a long, long no, year. Scott. Long. I honestly <laughs> think it's it's close to Anaheim. I, I think Anaheim fan base seeing some of those players knowing that they're going to be their part of the future, knowing they've got Zegris, knowing they've got uh, Terry. Yeah, it, it, it definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, yeah, no, this this year was it was it was different because we were so excited to have access back, and that was great. Yeah. Um, but and it, the team, to its credit, like this was not some kind of moribund, sad face team. No, everybody just, understood the assignment, and they managed to have fun and enjoy. But the fans year didn't care could. about long form features about no. a lot of these players. So. Yeah, we weren't going to write the big uh, Austin Wagner story. Yeah. Were, the, the, these, after, so once the trade deadline ended, you and me look at each other like, who are we going to write about? Like, nobody wants to read these stories. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> Next year will be different. Next year will be, it'll be more interesting. Yeah. That's, no, which definitely. is all you can really ask yeah, for. Yeah, I point. think that's... Um, yeah, no, what, what, how many years did we... This is our 11th season. We I know, but finished. how many years together now? It's, uh, uh, 18, 19 was our first. So 18, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21, 20, I can't count. It's fifth year together. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And only like two of those were normal years because yeah. of COVID. We still talk to each other. Right? I know. We get along great. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, don't podcast enough. Yeah. Well, I always say we're going to work on that, but that's not true. <laughs> we say that every year. It's going to be more structured next year, too. We'll do it all, yeah. We, we were more structured like for a few weeks there and then. You know, Niall Conley, who does the uh, intro song, is coming out with a new album on June 1st. And I, Maybe we'll change the song. Well, that or But I, I promised him that we'd have him out as a guest at some point. Sure. Too, so. Does he know anything about hockey? No, I once took him to I don't. hockey practice. So <laughs> That's what I'm told every day. He's been to one hockey practice. <laughs> he went to Johnny's with me once. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so people should watch out for now. At least two <laughs> thanks for uh, hanging with us all year. Our, our, I got to say, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, me and Scott were very, very concerned about what our, uh, our readership was going to look like. And it was a lot better than we expected just like the fans showed up at the games podcast listens are always the same regardless. I think it's the exact same amount of this. It's there's never a new person we've never lost a person and we never gained a person yeah, we, do, we appreciate everyone <laughs> who's, who's stuck with us from the start of the athletic through uh, having two beat writers and um, you know obviously uh, without the fan base and obviously the Blackhawks are being supported by a, a strong fan base yeah. and we certainly feel that with our coverage too so. and we're hardly done there's a lot, there's a draft lottery on May 8th you might have heard yeah, of yeah Mark's actually going to cover a playoff hockey which I'm I'm yeah. jealous in that you're covering playoff hockey, but also not jealous. On the one hand, I'm super work. excited to cover. I'm going to be covering Rangers Devils and popping over to the Islanders while I'm there. Get a couple of weeks in New York. Um, on the other hand, man, two weeks off would have been nice. Yeah, it's been a long season. No, no, no but it'll be fun. I, I got to do this last year with the conference final, and it was it was just kind of rejuvenating to cover meaningful hockey uh, once again. I didn't, you know, I look forward to it being the Blackhawks again someday because that's where most of my readers are. But it's just nice to be in a building where. Like, even last night, like, it was different. It felt different in the United Center yesterday, and uh, it's a reminder of how, you know, you and I both came onto the beat during the 2013 season, and uh, uh, we were spoiled early on by how fun it was to cover these teams, even though you Not for me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, you know, it'll happen again someday by the time Seth Jones' contract expires, probably. And, um, yeah, but for now, uh, keep reading. we got a lot more to say. Thank you. And I know that I can't fix it I can help even Joe